Hi everyone and welcome to episode 18 of the Two Sporting Muppets for our week, casual look at sport over the past week. Joining me on the microphone, as usual, is Gray. Welcome, Gray. Hello, Greg. How are things, mate? Yeah, had a really good week. As, as we discussed last week, weather's slowly getting better and getting outside. So, yeah, starting to really enjoy the season. Yeah, taking, taking its time. Still a little bit below normal spring weather for November here in Oz. But, yeah, certainly signs of it getting better. And it was certainly the week for it. Lots of sport. World Cup's continuing. Bigger, the race that stops the nation. Or does it? These days, a bit of a conversation about that might be had at some stage. But yeah, no, it's been a great week. Thanks, Greg. And looking forward to this weekend's sport. Yeah, well, as you said, still, we keep saying it's a little bit quiet in sport, but there still seems to be a lot going on to talk about. So let's get into it. We'll get into it. Look, just briefly, our review as usual, which we'll jump into shortly. We're going to have a, a bit of a history of sorts. Have a talk about sporting drought teams who long, long time between drinks, so to speak, between winning championships. There's a few of them. Plenty. And some some really, really stories of interest there. Gambling advertising will be our deep dive. Look, we allude, we spoke about it, didn't we, last week for a little bit. We'll have another talk about it. With this week, some changes been made to the to the warnings that it's go with the certainly really gambling here advertising. In sponsoring um, sport here at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's on our radar, on our agenda, something that we feel we need to have a bit of a chat about and give our views about, which will count for nothing, but got an opinion, so let's share That's it. That's right. Hey, opinions, everyone's got one, and no one's it's worth more or less anyone else's. So the T20 World Cup moving forward. Look, it's been a good week of cricket. I caught, well, Australia versus Ireland. We were mentioning before, Ireland put on a good show. I watched that game too, Gray, and I thought, you know, we both said they played really well. They were really competitive. Um, I can't think of the guy's name, but one of the batters for Ireland, he just needed someone to go with him because he batted really, really well. Yeah, they couldn't just hang around, could they? They just keep losing wickets on a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah, but they were competitive. It wasn't, you know, a one-sided shuttle. There's all the talk that Australia would win comfortably and catch up their run rate, which they're way behind the... New Zealand and England in their group. And I think people thought that might have been the, the game they could catch, close the gap. And they certainly closed it, but they didn't leapfrog England. They didn't get that close. So no, And England know, playing credit, so well too. Credit to Ireland it. because they played really well. Their team's getting more and more competitive on the world stage. I was thinking that watching it. Thinking it's good for cricket, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And they are a test-playing nation now as well. And another game, which another subcontinent game, and I really enjoyed, I watched... India, Bangladesh, not all of it. I watched the first innings where India batted really well. Rahul and, and our mate, Kohli, he he was just really good, solid as. He's really, I didn't watch this game, but hasn't he come into the World Cup in form, ready to go for India? Because I, I didn't realise he, because he's been our sorts the last couple of years. You know, things, a couple of things going on off the field and also on the field. Apparently he took a break for a while. He just couldn't get it together. Yeah, he was getting out regularly. He he stepped down from the captaincy of the teams because he was captaining all three. He was. For, he he was for a while, and he stepped away from all of it. Struggling in the IPL, but he's he's turned it around. He he's here to play and doing really well. Now, India, I mentioned India about it really well. Bangladesh, they they came out and they were guns blazing. They were, they were their run rate was really. I think they're forty runs in the first three overs or something. Then I'm. Fortunately, rain intervened. It was played in Adelaide. I'd 
it looked like they weren't going to get back on, so I I went to bed, didn't worry about it. But apparently, it was decided on Duckworth Lewis. They did get back out back out there. I'm not going to comment too much because I didn't see it. But apparently, in the media, it was mentioned that India are allegedly basically bullying Bangladesh to get back out there. Well, you know, in India, let's be honest, are the world power in world cricket now. That's just the way it is. And Bangladesh, a bit like Ireland, they're a bit of a, a nation on the rise and certainly on the improve, which is great to see. But I now hold the power in that room and it would have been quite the embarrassment at one level for India to lose whatever system. But Duck Lewis is not a great system. No, but to lose to, to, lose to Bangladesh can't find a better one. would have been not, not seen well in the Indian media. So I'm not surprised that there were pressures on Bangladesh to complete the game on the field. Yeah, apparently. Well, I mentioned I didn't see it. You, you just don't want to... Because sometimes it gets reported like that and the reality is a little bit different. Very true. But And the tables, I was just having a look at the tables before because Bangladesh, I think, would have actually been on top if they had have, if they actually had have won that game. That would be quite the upset, wouldn't it, for Bangladesh, who, you know, as we said, like Ireland, a country on the improve, a test-playing country, and I've been for a couple of years now, but not not at the level of, you know, your Indias and your Australias and New Zealands and Englands, not yet anyway, but to be leading that group would have been quite the show-up, to be honest. It would be. Now, on the groups at the moment, and also I didn't realise, Greg, I think you did, that there's no, there's no, there's no quarterfinals. No. It's just semis, straight, straight into, into the semis. semis. So I believe it's semis mid next week and then the final next weekend. That would is. be right, yeah. There must be probably a semi on Tuesday, semi on Thursday, and then probably the final on the weekend. But it set up some really good matches because also Pakistan have found form. Because remember, they were struggling. No, great game against Started India. Started great against lost. India and then lost their way a little bit, I think, after that match. So the scenario is in Group 1, so New Zealand on top, then England and Australia, they're all on five points. But it's all about run rate. New Zealand's run rate's plus 2.2. England's is plus 0.5. Australia's is negative 0.3. That's a big gap to make up. Even um, And we're recording this on Friday morning. Australia play Afghanistan tonight in Adelaide. Even if they win comfortably to make up that run rate, England basically have to lose. They do. And like, can that happen? What can happen? But will it happen? I'm not so sure. Yeah, England are playing well. They are playing Sri Lanka tomorrow, which is Saturday at in Sydney. But England and, and Sri Lanka have played well in this tournament and could cause an upset. But my money had been on England because they've played really well in the tournament. They have, and we've mentioned before they're a good one. They're a good T Twenty team. But what can so Australia for Australia to make it? Yeah, but I need England to lose, and then Australia still have to make up that run rate. Very hard in just one game, and and Afghanistan aren't mugs. Not, okay, they haven't won a game yet, but they're not not pushovers. No. They'll be. They'll, they've got a couple of really good spin bowlers, and you know, as I said, they're a country again, another country on the rise, playing well and getting better all the time. And considering they can't play Test matches, at I was home. Gonna, particularly in the T Twenty arena, I think that's where they seem to have invested their development most at the moment. Which is a good idea because that's you know, it's the easier one format, isn't it, to start to improve because it's shorter and then you don't have to bowl teams out, and then you go from there. It's also the one they get the most opportunity to play. It's the most played form of cricket now globally. So Indeed. I understand why they're making that decision as, as a developing cricket nation. 
Oh, good so, to see yeah, them I agree. Competitive. Look, I think Australia will win that, but I don't think it'll be a pushover. And to make that up that run rate, as you said, even if they did make up the run rate, England have to basically lose to Sri Lanka. Well, saying before the before we started recording, as much as we love our t- Aussies, we Australia don't really deserve to make no, it, do we? They haven't played well from the beginning. They haven't really clicked as a team. I'm not sure what's happening there. It, it, it's the nature of T20 in the tournament as well, so I appreciate that. But look, honestly, in that pool against New Zealand and England, they don't deserve to be in the top two. Strange things do happen, so we'll see how that pans out. Group two, we mentioned the India-Bangladesh game because India are on six points, South Africa five, and then Pakistan are on four, and Bangladesh on four. So as I mentioned, if Bangladesh had a one, they would have been up near the top and India had a lost, which is hence the reason India really needed to win that game the other day. But run rate's interesting because Pakistan's run rate is positive 1.1 and India's is only 0.7. So Pakistan's run rate is better. So, look, I, I read an article. Sorry, I didn't. I saw an article headline that the matches in Group 2 to finish can decide. So there's teams that Pakistan can still make it and technically perhaps so can Bangladesh. So... That, couple of very important games Exciting coming Exciting matches in that pool, that group to finish off. Yeah, which is good. Good way for all to finish. So as I mentioned, it doesn't... It's then straight to the semifinals. So teams, have, you have to come once, first or second in your pool to make it through. And then they cross over for semifinals, I assume. Cross over, I think. So semis are mid next week. Okay. I think one of them's on Wednesday, or whether they're both on Wednesday. Not totally sure. And then the final after that. So yeah, it's it's heating up and there's good cricket being played look forward to watching the rest of that speak other world cup going going on at the moment the rugby league world cups i say world cups you know, obviously the men's getting the most coverage but it's also the women's has started also the the wheelchair and the um disabled so adam hill's running around yes for straight score the try representing australia and no he loves it loves his league he loves his rugby league yeah he's a staunch south sydney man Although he's from the Shire, but supports South Sydney. And he absolutely loves it. Gets out there, has a run. He said, I was reading his somewhere, he said he actually played normal league until he was about 12. You know, with his disability, he doesn't have one of his lower legs. Left foot. Left foot. I think it's his foot, left foot. That's what he's it is, yeah. So he played as long as he could, the, the real deal, and he had to give it up. But yeah, great opportunity for pe- him and other people, and they absolutely enjoy it. So so well done, well done to him and the Australian, the Australian team. Also, Jilla Rouge, did you mention had they a, did? They had a win. They win. beat the Cook Islands. I can't remember. It was a it was a thrashing. It was seventy nil or eighty nil that in that ballpark. That was their first game. Yeah, Jilla Rouge would be hard to beat. One, they're they? very strong in the women's rugby league game, and I would expect them to go through fairly comfortably. But now, good start for them. Look, kudos to the rugby league. I mean, I haven't always been positive about global world international rugby league, but to play all the competitions parallel in the World Cup, the, as you said, the disabled, the wheelchair, the women's and the men's all parallel, I think that's fantastic. I really do think that's great. Makes a genuine World Cup. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. So yep. kudos to the Rugby League, um, International Rugby League, whoever organises that, because I think that's really a step in the right direction. And great for North of England, the tourism, because obviously all those teams come with all their support staff, supporters. You know, great, great for the economy, I think, of that part of England. And I think it's starting to get dodgy now. Look, November is the weather's not great. 
UK, it's the end of autumn heading into winter. They're pretty harsh winners. But overall, the games I've seen in the training runs, weather hasn't been near as bad as it can be. No, I've, again, the bits I've caught, I agree. It, it hasn't been a big factor like it can be, particularly as you said, in the north of England. Fingers crossed that holds out for another few weeks. But the, So the men's result, we're up to with the men's. So we're through the pool games, a couple more floggings. Now we're on to the business end, so it's the quarterfinals this weekend. A few mouth-watering contests, Greg. So Australia played Lebanon, which in a Lebanon won't... We should win. Australia We've, should win comfortably, but Lebanon, it won't be a pushover. And there's quite a few NRL players playing for Lebanon. Adam Dewey, trying to think, who else is their main player? Oh, oh Mitchell Moses. Mitchell Moses from Parramatta. So... Uh, so it'll be a competitive game. Yeah, like you say, I say first half, probably competitive, and Australia will go through it. Now, a little talk last week. Surprise, surprise. Nathan Cleary named the starting halfback. Yes, the media tried to make something of this, the competition between Daly Cherry Evans and Nathan Cleary competing for the halfback's role within the games that count. But... There was never really any competition there. As we said, the best player at the moment is Nathan Cleary. Got selected, deserves selection. Let's stop the headlines because it's getting painful to look at and read. Fortunately, it is now over. We can move on and we will do so. Looking forward to the game though. It's tomorrow, 6.30, Saturday, 6.30am-ish, around that time. Worth a look. England versus PNG. Now, once again, England will be heavy favourites and should and most likely will win. But well done to PNG, another nation that just keeps getting stronger and stronger at Rugby League. And one or two, you know, NOL, I think David Mead, the former Gold Coast Broncos player, I think he's still involved with, with PNG. And yeah, there's some really good players coming through there. So that should be an entertaining match. But we'll tip England. Yeah, a bit like the Australia game. I think PNG will be there round competitive in the first half, but I think England will run away with it towards the back end of that. So we're both on England. So apologies to England. We're about to stop their World Cup. New Zealand, Fiji won also. No love. I wouldn't say love lost. A lot of respect between those two teams. Fiji will be competitive. But looking, I don't know if they played as well as they could, but on paper, I saw New Zealand the other day of the first 10 minutes. God, they've got a strong squad. They've got a very strong team. Particularly in the forwards. Oh, my goodness. You know, Fisher-Harris, oh, I just go through them all. Real Hargraves. Hargraves, real hard nuts, creative forwards, good backs. They're going to – It's because the way it's worked out, isn't it, if Australia and New Zealand go through, they meet in the semi-final. That's great, yeah. If that happens, that's that's going to be a really tough game. And last one, mouth-watering, Tonga versus Samoa. Probably overall the weakest the, – the, in terms of the teams against the three major, Australia, England, and New Zealand, but it's going to be the closest to the semifinals. I, I agree. Quarterfinals, I should say. It should be the closest. It'll be the closest and the most competitive and great support for both teams. Very much, yeah. It'll be really exciting. It should be. If they play both to their potential, it should be a really exciting game. I feel sorry for their supporters on this part of the world. The only thing that's bad about it is the worst time. It's Monday morning at one thirty, I think. It's not a great viewing time for the... But don't get me wrong, they'll still, they'll still watch they'll it. They'll still get up and watch it, absolutely. So all our yeah, Samoan no, and good. Tongan friends who get up 1.30 Monday morning, um, yeah, good luck to your team. It'll be a, it'll be a great contest. Oh, I think so too. Looking forward great, to it. Great, close game. And after that, 
in terms of news of players and that, look, a bit of illness for the Australian camp, I heard. Look, it's it's going to happen. Long season, that part of the world, in cold conditions, it's going to be a bit of that. So one or two, I think, well, Mal Meninga, the I mean, coach Mal's was in isolation, up. isn't he? Coaching or tr- yeah, running big training from the motel room at the moment? But they'll, the team that was selected, so Cherry Evans is still on is on the bench. I'm not surprised. And that's not a bad p- selection, actually. I think they've rested Ben Hunt, but which indicates he'll be the 14. Okay. Semi and, and final, final, if we get that far. they make it? Is what they're thinking. Yeah, so really looking forward to a great weekend of World Cup Rugby League. Over to the netball. I watched about half of this last night. Australia wrapped up the netball series against England, the internationals, uh, 3-0. It's sort of, throughout the series, it was very competitive, the first game. What A point, Australia was lucky to win. And Australia sort of just got into the groove as the series has gone on. Yeah, I didn't get to see the game last night. I did see the result this morning and I saw they won on one well and it was three zip to Australia over England. They've had, you know, a couple of good series back to back now. Good win over a couple of games in Australia against New Zealand after losing the first two to New Zealand in New Zealand and then backed that up with three straight wins against England and uh, playing well. Three really strong netball countries, New Zealand, Australia and England. And England were very competitive in this series. Not taking an ink away from them, but Australia would just, like I said, each day is warmed up, got better each game. And, you know, and considering England are away, away from home as well, which makes, you know, a totally different beast also. But I think they're well done to both, both, both countries in that series. On netball, the sponsorship, Greg, we spoke about this over recent weeks, the cancelling of the sponsorship, the Hancock group, but, we thought someone might come on board. I didn't think it would happen this quickly. It happened very quickly because we only talked about it last Friday and I think this happened on the Monday or Tuesday this week over the weekend. And the sponsor was Visit Victoria. Yeah. So it's a government agency it's or... Part of their tourism body. So it's, it's state government funding to promote Victoria. Part of the deal was this uh, Super Netball final is to be played in Victoria, yeah, which fair is fair enough. enough. I think that's a good trade-off. You're but saying four-year deal? Four-year deal. So it's the same amount of money, $15 million, which was the original deal with Gina, Hire- Gina Reinhardt's company. But instead of three, it's over four years. Netball Australia, very happy. So they should I be. I think they've come out really well, and I think it's a good sponsorship deal for Visit Victoria. And if there's any controversy over that, <laughs> we've got problems. Well, I was just saying before we came on, to me, Visit Victoria, well, you don't need to – Advertise for that for me. I think Victoria is a great part of the world. No, we've both travelled a little bit in Victoria now and, and both really enjoyed our time there. So, yeah, they don't have to sponsorship too hard for at least us to visit. Not to us, but other people will. And it's definitely some gr- just got everything down there. The great, you know, Great Ocean Road, the coastline, Melbourne, one of the great, you know, great city in Australia and the Sporting world. Sporting city, great. Phillip great, Island, the list goes on. Yeah, great wineries, vineyards down there. And a variety, even, even you know, snow, Alps as well. Now, kudos to Visit Victoria for stepping into that gaping hole. And I think, as we talked about last week, whichever company picked it up and picked it up quickly was going to look really good, I think, in the public eye. And, you know, kudos to Visit Victoria for stepping in there and sponsoring the Diamonds. Didn't take long. Well done. Your favourite, Greg, the Melbourne Cup. Snooze fest. Sorry. My <laughs> wake up. Punch of friends out there. Look, I said, Gray, I didn't even watch the race, so you're going to have to fill me in. I didn't see the race either because I was working. You know, it's that 
been a school teacher, it's at three o'clock time when the bell's ringing. And but but this year I wasn't really interested anyway. I just I had one bet and a few sweeps. But but regardless, it was a as always race that stops the nation. It was the ratings were well down apparently. I did. I actually read that that yeah, the TV it didn't engage the public as much this year. The those who love their racing and love the whole experience of the day, be it at their workplace or you know going to a race meeting, will always and it's always going to be extremely popular. You know, the most popular race. But yeah, there's the debate over to a lot of people now. It's all about did all the horses finish safely? You know, just that. The whole horse, it's anti-horse the racing of horse. I mean, the question mark over the ethics of horse racing. You know, and some were. I was listening to sports report in the ABC or the, in the morning. They have about ten minute chat about sport, and I forget who the reporter was, but he was just saying, you know, maybe not the race that stops the nation anymore. Well, times might be changing. Could be. It'd be interesting to see the next few years. Before, I think if it continues with the ratings falling. And the interest in it, yeah, definitely. But we'll, get, we'll see how it goes in the next few years. But on the day, look, once again, bookies must just love the Melbourne Cup. The favourite, how often is the favourite win? So the winner was Gold Trip, who paid $19. Well, I know I remember an interview with the jockey who last year, he, he could have rode the winner last year, but he got banned. He got a, a ban for whatever. So, But he, he got to ride the winning horse this year. Um, your number two, sec, second past the post was in misery. Um, high emotion or emotion, high emotions. Funny way of spelling was third, and the favourite, which I back, I I just normally bet number eight. <laughs> That's my Melbourne Cup form. But um, Deville Legend, yeah, the favourite came in fourth. So once again, the bookies just said, "Sorry, folks, we'll we'll collect that, we'll keep that money for you." And just back to Gold Trip, it was the top weight. So that's quite rare. Well, that really puts most people off. You know, such a long race, two-mile race. Is, it is such a long race. The, those horses carrying the most weight very rarely get up. Well done, the Gold Trip. Um, last for the sweeps, okay, uh, Kimura. And it was interpretation was one horse that did not finish, but was safe and well. It wasn't, you know. No health issues for no the horse up there. No injury or anything from that. So, look, apparently the weather was very Melbourne-ish. It was not quite... as wet as they predicted, but because the day before they were predicting storms and even possible hail during the race. So I don't think it – as I said, I didn't watch it, but it didn't make that sort of extreme. No, not better. that bad. As usual, the race goers just, you know, cope with it and make what they can of it. So a good day we've had – was had, sorry. In Sydney, also that the race, the – Sorry, the name of it escaped me. Something Dream. It's, once again, one of Peter Volandi's ideas. Look, 25,000 at Round Week, which is a good crowd. Apparently, I, I like the idea of it. Apparently, and our racing fans, feel free to fill me in properly, but it's something to do with horses that win from country meetings get to go to the big smoke, to big race sort of atmosphere. So, you know, hats off to thinking, you know, something new. But, yeah, apparently it was well attended. But that wraps up. Look, the Oaks Day was on Thursday, but that wraps up the spring carnival racing. Now, over to the part of the world we often talk about, the United States. Greg, NBA, have your LA Lakers won a game yet? So the Lakers have now won two games. 
They won yesterday our time, Thursday our time, the second game. They beat New Orleans Pelicans in overtime. I actually saw the end of this game. Look, Pelicans should have won it. They they had every chance to win that game. And the Lakers hit a corner, three-pointer on the buzzer with tens of seconds to go to tie it up at 111 all. Went into overtime and I think they end up winning by five or six. So Lakers are on the rise a little bit, starting to get their act together and had a couple of wins. I think they're two and five now. Not saying that this is the turnaround. No, but, not... But often it can be games like that, can't it? It can. Yeah, look, I still don't think they're a well-constructed team, but they're at least now got a couple of wins and would be feeling much better about themselves as an organisation. And my team, the Nets? They are in the media, a bit like the Lakers last week, they're in the media for all the wrong reasons. They've actually... Well, I, I'm going to say they sacked their coach. I think their coach would be very happy to leave the chaos that is ensuing in Brooklyn at the moment. They've got some superstars. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons would be the big three. Ben Simmons, obviously famously the Australian, has sat out for pretty all last year. Yeah, no, refused to play for his previous team, the 76ers, then got traded to the Nets, never played for them last season, ended up having back surgery at the end of the season, has started but looks really rusty, doesn't want, doesn't want to shoot, doesn't want to get fouled, doesn't want to go to the free throw line, so has a lot of work to do. And look, I'm not making light of it, but there's some real mental challenges for Ben to work through to get to back to the, the standard he can play. Yeah, and, and I want him... I hate judging people just from, particularly when they're younger, but I'm happy to say at this stage, last few years, he's behaved like an absolute tool, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, you know, for Aussies, because we're so patriotic, any Aussie, we just love to see them doing well. And it takes pretty ordinary behaviour for us to sort of not to f- support them. But look, he is only young. I'm just hoping he you know, matures a bit in the next few years and he, he can become a likeable. Because I certainly Every time I see him and what he says and how he acts, I just no, he, don't he, like it. He, I agree with you. It's hard to like. He's a, he's a player with a huge amount of potential that just isn't shining through at the moment, sadly. He's not reaching his potential at all. And as I said, look, there has been some well-documented mental health issues for Ben, and he's obviously working through that. And I hope he's getting the support. But For sure. I'm not writing off yet. He's still got yeah, some way to go. But I hope he comes good. Kevin Durant, who asked for a trade in the off-season, then changed his mind and didn't want to trade and was all in. Then he wanted the coach sacked and the GM sacked. <laughs> so they started with that. And then now the coach has gone. So he ended up getting what he wanted, I guess, in the long run. And sadly, Kyrie, who is just the most brilliant, one of the most amazing gifted players, but makes the most bizarre social commentary that is often negative and has made a post on his Instagram feed regarding... That, that that included some anti-Semitic nature, quotes from Adolf Hitler, implied that the Holocaust didn't occur, things like that, that he linked to this movie on his Instagram, has not come out and apologised. So there's some background rumblings around what, you know, should he be suspended? Should the NBA suspend him? Should the team suspend him? And, and it's published that the club doesn't need. Does not need. Does not need at all. So there's a bit of chaos going on at the Brooklyn Nets, which has taken basically all the NBA headlines this week have been about the Brooklyn Nets, at least over the last four days, which I think the Lakers would be very happy about because they were certainly chewing up all the headlines prior to this occurring. So, I, I look, I like the Nets. I followed the Nets. Paddy Mills, one of, you know, talk about the opposite end of Australian basketball to Ben yes. Simmons, the most loved Australian basketballer probably. Oh, for sure. 
um, plays for the Nets as well. So I hope the, the Nets can get their organisation in order and get back on the winner's circle because on paper they've got a team that should be really competitive. Yeah, they should be going better than they are, shouldn't they? But I think they're third last at the moment with only two wins themselves on the Eastern Conference. So there's some work to do there, very much backroom work to do there around team culture. And for me, because as you know, Greg, they became very popular once they started attracting those good players. But I did jump on the nets when I'll crap. So I sort of feel a little bit, you know, because when you, if you wear, wear your cap around, you sort of, people look at you and say, you know, bandwagon men. But I'm like proud to say I was on them before that. And it was just great. I got so excited when they started getting these good players, but haven't haven't done anything with them. No, the, the culture that hasn't come together, players haven't come together. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess, actually, the old Brooklyn Nets. As I said, on paper, should be one of the most competitive teams in the East, up there with Milwaukee and Boston, which are the shining lights, particularly Milwaukee. They're having a great season. Yeah, they're a great team. Um, but they're just not putting it together. So I think they need some time to sort out their their coaching situation and their off-court situation, and hopefully that'll reflect on the on-court. But they've certainly taken the headlines, so I'll be interested to see where this time next week the Brooklyn Nets sit, and we'll have another update. Yep. Hopefully they, they improve. Now, we'll jump back to the States in a minute, Greg, but I just don't want to forget this one. Um, just very briefly in the AFL news and our team, the Swannies, the great supporter, Kenny Williams. I saw this. Yeah, Kenny, the smallish, smallish older, older gentleman with the blonde curly hair, was always there for the celebrations and just always around the team supporting them. Just very much love part of the team and the supporter base. Yeah, he sadly passed away during the week. Uh, Kenny was 93, I think. So, you know, long, long and great life. Really interesting. I, I read a story about him. So I, I read a story about him. Um, yeah, apparently he he grew up in South Melbourne, in Port Melbourne, and then he was a he was a jockey, but he was he came to work for TJ Smith in Sydney. Like Sydney, but missed his AFL. But he was a Swan supporter. Of course, mid-80s, who moves up? The Swannies. And he thought, excellent. So he got into the club, you know, running water and all that. And, yeah, part of the fabric. So, yeah, violated Kenny Williams. He will be sadly missed. Back to the US. Greg, the MLB, the World Series. So it's Phillies and the Astros. It's very exciting. Two all. Yeah, I saw that. Tied up. Um, yeah, the Phillies, it just hits. We mentioned this last week. It just hits form at the right time. They really have because they came in through a wild card game, I think. They did, yeah. And have gone right through. Oh, so, yes, okay. no, I'm pretty yeah, sure I took that. Yeah. For, for a wild, wild card game. But well done to them. Look, whatever I said last week was wrong. I think I said they were starting at the Astros. Of course, they started at the Phillies. It was the reverse of what you said, I think. That's so, all right. Anyway. So, Two all. And, anyway, it's two all. Game and, five being played right now as we record yep, this. And it definitely is in Philly. So, yeah. So, business end. Whoever wins this game, it's well, crucial. Three yes. two up. Three two up. So, yeah. It is for sheep stations. Yes, it is. NFL. Look, Greg, we wrapped up the New York teams last week. And, of course, they both lost. There's a shock. Who would have thought we wrapped them after having great starts to the season and then they both go down? Not surprised at all. Look, things start, are starting to even out. Um, look, the cream rises to the top, as they say. Buffalo Bills, 6-1, and one, doing really well. My mob, who were expected to beat the Browns, their local Ohio derby team, of course, and they always get rolled by them. And they didn't let us down. 
Bengals were awful. Browns played really well. Look, the Chiefs starting to, you know, warm up. Philly. Philly are the success story. Seven and zip. Aren't they going well? Yeah, they're going really well. Mate, your newly found team. Steelers. Not so. They're struggling a bit. But, you know, still not. They're not out of it yet, are they? They're, not totally out of still, it. They're still, they're not one of the better teams, but I did see they've they've won a couple. Yeah. So it's not all two and six. So if they start, oh, that's right. They're in the actual divi- same division as the Bengals. So we'll see see how they go. So that's the States, Greg. Um, just before we go and have a little bit of a talk about sporting droughts, the music, we had a bit of a chat last week about sports and music and it's only afterwards when we thought about it, tip of the iceberg. Yeah, we flicked so a few ideas backwards and forwards after the pod was recorded. And there's so many stories. Yeah. Uh, sorry, stories about songs, but also just music. That, oh, okay, okay, that song. I didn't realise that and that. And and that was all. I remember the title now. I mentioned the Met song. Fight songs, they call them in America. So like a club theme song. But yeah, so many natural songs about sport, played during sport. Um, you know, because of sport, in sport, yeah, it just I think we'll hold it over for another day and have it I get think back it's into it we again. We need to come back and have another chat about. Sounds like a plan. All right, in our that's our end of our review, Greg. Unless there's something else you wanted to mention, no, I think we've covered all the main bits and pieces for that's happened this week. Yeah, look, we might have missed one or two things, but you know, never perfect. Ne- never, we never claim to be. So we'll see you shortly, guys, for a for a chat about some sporting droughts. All right, Greg, as promised, a little bit of sports history of sorts because it is current but also over time, looking at droughts between championships. Being a sports follower, it's great fun, but it can also lots of tears. It can be torture. But it's part of the whole fabric, isn't it? It is. It's one of the reasons you keep coming back in the year. You know, your team might just break through that year. And let's face it, when they do, if you follow a team that's where success is not common, doesn't that make it sweet when it happens? It really does. Makes it all worthwhile. All those years of pain makes it worthwhile when they finally have that breakthrough season. And I'm and I'm sure all genuine supporters can relate to that. Absolutely. You know, there's always those supporters that just bandwagon jump on whoever's strong and all that. But which is I feel for them because although they would celebrate when their team wins, I just don't think I'd get the same elation. As you do when you no, if you team finally in, you know and support the team up. through the bad times, it's worth that much more when they do break through. So, with that in mind, Greg, we thought we'd just have a quick look at some of the longest droughts in sport in terms of championships or premierships. So, starting with one of our favourite sports, the NRL. Look, much documented. The current one, the active premiership droughts, the longest at the moment is Parramatta which 36, about to be 37 years, come Christmas, come New Year. So 1986 was their last premiership. A long time ago, isn't it? Everyone remembers. You know, it's such a golden era for the club, it their was, third you know, premiership. Peter Sterling and Brett Kenny. Ray and Price. And the like, yeah. Steve Ella, all those sorts of players. Mick Cronin, you know, just a wonderful time for the Eels. And it took them so long to get there. I think it took them 30-odd years for their first premiership. But, yeah, it's been a long time. And and they have made the grand final since a couple of times, but yeah, it's been thirty six long years for the Eels. And we actually we've talked about some guests coming in. We do have a couple of Parramatta supporters lined up, a couple of mates who are going to come in and have a chat about what what is it like 
to follow a team that's going through such a long drought. Just quickly, NRL. At the moment, the current active ones, Parramatta 36, as I mentioned, Canberra 28, Warriors, New Zealand Warriors 27, and they've never won a premiership. So that's since their inception. Newcastle, 21. That's 21 slipped up. years. Yeah. I guess it was 2002. Well, I they won the Super League year. They won 97. Then they won 2001. They, they did. Yours. That's right, yes. Andrew Johns. Yeah, they, against Parramatta, ironically. Blew them away. Parramatta were the best team all year. And just got blown away in the grand final, thanks to Mr. Andrew Johns. Bulldogs, 18. And West, my team, the Tigers, are on 17. So, you know, a few there. And also Gold Coast deserve a mention. Fifth. Now, 15 years, no premierships. That's the current Titans Gold Coast. The Gold Coast have been in different incarnations. They have. They've been. Ever since the Giants in 88, C- I think it was. Seagulls, Giants. Giants, um, Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, but no premierships for them. Now, in the NRL, longest ever, probably the two most significant, was the poor old North Sydney Bears from 77 years and it was counting, but when they became the Northern Eagles. So 1922 was their last premiership, their second and last, to 1999 when they merged with Manly to become the ill-fated Northern Eagles. So 77 years, that's wow. a long time. That's a long time. And famously, the Cronulla Sharks. I was going to say, Sharks would be up there because... 49 years. Well, it was in their 50th year they won it, but it's like they ended the comp in 67 and 2016 was when they won their premiership. Now we talk about elation, you know. Good mate, of, good mate of ours, Cookie, can attest to this. It would have felt so good. I mean, watching, I was in the states at the time, and just four in the morning, I was flicking and finally found it. The last ten minutes, and it so easily could not have been. Oh, it's a close game, and nearly it was a kick through, which the Storm probably should have scored from, but didn't. But yeah, fifty fifty odd years of toil, and but yeah, their supporters just kept turning up. Kept turning up. Uh, the old famous phrase, waiting for Canola to win the premiership. It's like leaving the line on for Harold Holt, the fr- front porch light. But eventually it happened. But yeah, they're the two longest in league. So Parramatta, don't feel too bad yet. You've still got another 30 or 40 yeah, years. Not close to the record yet. But they, they're having a crack at it. They're <laughs> heading in that direction. Although they did back the grand final this year. So the team is certainly very competitive, let's be honest. Yeah, and normally, and normally are pretty much. Now the AFL... I've Big code here in Australia. Now, our team was not the active longest, but the longest, South Melbourne stroke Sydney, 72 years. So 1933, premiership, and they eventually won again in 2005 in that famous grand fight, that great rivalry with the West Coast Eagles. They played the following year, and the Swans lost, but that was 72 years, and that was a great feeling. St Kilda, it took them 68 years, 1897, they... Went into the VFL and 1966. They won their only premiership. One and only. By a point. By a point? I think it was a point, yeah. Footscray Western Bulldogs. 62 years. That was broken recently in 2016. Same year as Cronulla's. So 1954 to 2016. They made the grand final just last year, didn't they? But didn't quite get through. Melbourne. That was last year. 1964 to 2021. So 57 years. Long time, yes. They, until last year, or the previous premiership was when the Beatles were touring, or well, that year. Unbelievable thing about it like that, yep. isn't it? Long, long time. 
and St Kilda are back with us. They're the current active longest, 56 years, 1966 to now. Yeah, they've been in three grand finals in that time. 2010, the latest in that drawing grand final against Collingwood, which they then lost the replay. Yeah, so they're the so St Kilda are working on it. They once again have some really loyal supporters, and you've you've got to take your hat off to them. Hanging in there for all that time, absolutely. You know, that's the thing. You just got to hang in there. You never know. You can't win them if you're not there. If, you, if a club doesn't exist anymore, as unfortunately Fitzroy have found out. But cricket. Now this this one was as a New South Walesman was very enjoyable, but once it stopped, unfortunately, that was the end of it. But Queensland, Sheffield Shield cricket in Australia. So Queensland went 63 seasons. That long without they won the Shield. Wow. They came in in 26-27 apparently. And do you remember in the 80s, the amount of times they imported players Absolutely. trying to win yeah. it? Ian Botham. Ian Botham won most famously, yeah. Um, was it Viv, Viv Richards, Richard, was it? Viv? I think that was I think Viv. it was Viv played for... Queensland, yep. yeah. Um, what's his name? The Pommy Blake, Zimbabwe, the South African Pommy, Nick. Oh, Graham Hick. Graham Hick yeah. Was another one. And it never came through for them. I remember after their last failed import, the head of Queensland Cricket said never again would they try it because it kept failing. Barry Richards, I think it was, the famous South African player. And But eventually, in 1994, it was broken. They... Their team, I just had a look last night, was star-studded. I think they made 700 runs in their first innings. So I think it was Border, Jimmy Marr, Martin Love, those sort of, Hayden, those sort of players, and they eventually got through. And to the rest of the cricket public, it was a shame because they always would be in a good position and lose it. They could lose the f- final from anywhere. I remember one famous one in the 80s, Big Cole, you know, they were in... Last session, they had it wrapped up. And then, you know, just drop catches and somehow a miracle happened. I remember big Carl Rackerman walking off the field, bawling. It's so much heartache, but eventually they got there. And unfortunately, as often happens, once the floodgates open, so it took them all that time, 63 years to get there. Once they won it once, then the next 10 years they won it about five, six times. Yeah. So once they got through for a win... But yeah, that's the longest one in Australian professional cricket. Um, overseas, so the baseball. Now, probably the most famous one, not active now, but the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, People who don't know baseball knew about the Cubs. And famously in Back to the Future, the movie, or was it two? The it second was, one? It was two, yeah. Where they go forward to 2000, whatever it was, 13. And as a joke, they have Chicago Cubs win the World Series. And, yeah, it took almost that long. A bit after that, I think it took. So 107 years. That's amazing. Isn't it? So when they won, so obviously last won it in 90, oh, whatever that is, eight-ish, Some 2016. the whole lives and never saw a premiership, let's be honest. I was, about, I was thinking of that last night. Now, going, going through these ones, generally speaking, for the average person, you get one in your lifetime. If your club's crap, you normally get one in your lifetime, which is better than none. You know, just to experience it once. Well, you're right. As Chicago Cubs fans, lots of them, born, lived good, full lives, and still wouldn't a have seen of it. Years of people of staunch supporters wouldn't have seen a world, win a world championship. Oh, amazing. Just the active droughts. Longest is the Cleveland Guardians, formerly the Indians, 73 years. 
Texas, 62. Milwaukee Brewers, 54. San Diego, 53. Seattle Mariners, 45. Pittsburgh Pirates, 43. Now, some of them are clubs that have never won it before. As you know, American sports, a lot of them were former in different cities and all that sort of Relocation thing. Relocation and things like that, yeah. yeah. But Cleveland, and ironically, it was against Cleveland that the Cubs won that World Series. That is ironic, isn't it? Yeah, because if Cleveland won, it was going to be their first in 60, not eight years or whatever. But the Cubs needed it more <laughs> after after a century. Uh, in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals, formerly the Chicago Cardinals, 75 years. So they did win one championship in 1947, but they've never won in the Super Bowl era. There's seven or eight teams who have never won the Super Bowl. Detroit Lions been the longest drought. They won a championship in 1957, defeated the Cleveland Browns. So that's a very long time ago. Of the current teams, there's a, the teams that have never won the Super Bowl, Minnesota Vikings, Buffalo Bills, who were in four in a row in the early 90s. And they're very they very good team at the moment. My mob, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, San Diego, stroke LA Chargers. They're a big, well-known team. Never won one. Houston Oilers, now the Tennessee Titans, and the Cleveland Browns. Now, your neck of the woods, Greg, NBA. So the longest, according to my research, Sacramento Kings, 71 years. That'll be the right, yep. So they've never won one. That would have been since their exception. Or um, Atlanta Hawks, 63 years. Phoenix Suns, that surprised me, 53. They've never won. That is since their inception. Yep. LA Clippers, 52. They've never won. That's since their inception. They used to be the San Diego Clippers. And this one, I couldn't believe at first. But in recent years, I could because the way that they've, the club's run. But New York Knicks, 40, 49 they years. They are terrible. and have been a terrible organization for the poor Knicks supporters. Dear, oh dear. And I went to the um, NHL, the Stanley Cup, the hockey, ice hockey. This one I couldn't believe because they're probably the most well-known team. Toronto Maple Leafs, 55 years. Is it really? And it's active. Wow. I couldn't believe that. I no. thought they were a really successful no, team. They're, and they're, as you said, they're high-profile, well-known out of Toronto. Well, they're like the Yankees and the Man U sort of, you know, in terms of crowd support and how well-known they are. And also, is this right? New York Rangers. I don't know. Not active now. But New York Rangers had a 53-year drought, 41 to 94. St. Louis had 52 years. Buffalo, 51. This surprised me too. Another active one, Vancouver Canucks, 51 years. And Chicago and Philadelphia all had 48, 47 respectively. Just it's long droughts. It's people's lifetimes that are, you know, supporters in all those sports. Which is what one of the things that makes sports so appealing, isn't it? It's just... A mate of mine says, in terms of drama and you know emotions, he goes, fair enough, you can have your Shakespeare, but it's still not as good as sport and what sport throws up. It's hanging in there year after year and just being there at that moment when it breaks through. To be involved in that, it, yeah, it's, he said, it's resilience, it's um, madness, some would say, supporting those sorts of teams. But hey, it's the, as I said, the fabric of sport and what, what makes sport, I think, so... Just such a great thing to follow. I agree. It adds to the drama of sport. And you could even argue, look, not saying, you know, sport and life, the sporting field is not reality in many ways, but it, a lot of values in that, following bad teams, resilience, 
perseverance, determination, lo- loyalty, loyalty, yeah, no, things agree, like that. A lot of good qualities and sticking with a sporting team. Yeah, so that's just a rough outline, Greg, of some sporting droughts. Um, and yeah, I've been involved. <laughs> my teams have been involved in a few of them. As you no. said, it's part of character building. Part of being a sports lover, you've got to live with those years. Yeah, definitely character building. And as I mentioned, we will have a couple of guests on who are Parramatta tragics, and yeah, we'll just have a bit of an in-depth look of what it's what it's like, the ups and downs of supporting a team that's going for a dry spell. Been looking forward to that, actually. It should be good. Now, Greg, uh, we'll probably call it a medium dive today. Yep. We spoke about gambling last week. Now, interestingly, through the week, it was announced that the warning that they have on all advertising for gambling, TV ads, print media, whatever, that gamble responsibly. Now, this is a big surprise. You ready? Research showed that it was ineffective. Ineffective. The fact it didn't talk about consequence. It didn't even tell you, be aware of gambling. Just said, do it. Yeah. You should do it. But do it responsibly. But just be responsible when you do it. And it doesn't even outline what responsibly was. No. What, what does, does that, that look mean? like? Yes. Anyway. Common sense has prevailed and there's new regulations. I think they come in in March, I think I read. I think it is, yeah. I think you might be right, March next year. And now they're going to be more direct and more realistic. There's five or six phrases yeah. they can do you remember, pick from or they have to use I think one day. of them was something like you have a nine out of ten chance of losing or chances are you will lose, things like that. They're very much focused on the possible negative outcomes. The reality of it. You know, rather than just the banner of gamble responsibly. So I, I think it's definitely a um, a good move going forward. I agree. I'm with you on that, 100%. How, it'll be interesting to see because these days there's research on all these sort of things, how in a couple of years, how much effect it has, you know, how much, what percentage of increase or decrease or well, I guess reduction of gambling problems it creates. I don't know. It's better than nothing, isn't it? Well, gambling's there, and obviously the laws aren't going to get rid of gambling, and they're not saying they can't be part of sport at the moment. Like they, when we talked not long ago about cigarettes, was in our junior years was you know synonymous with rugby league and and cricket particularly, and they they you know basically said cigarettes couldn't sponsor sport. Whether we get to that point with gambling, it's certainly having neg- ne- negative social consequences. And you know we'll document issues with people having issues with gambling and needing support. So it'll be interesting to see whether the line, you know, where we end up heading with it. For sure, I just I know what you think. Despite everything we've said, I'm not anti-gambling. I think gambling has been a look. It's been a pastime of the working. I don't like working class, but you know what I mean. Of working people for many years, those people who want to have a bet, many will do it regardless. Would bet anyway, and they did for before gambling was legal, like. Before gambling on all sports was legalized, there was always avenues. If you really wanted to, you could get a bet down. And, and, and you certainly don't want to go back to the SB bookmaker days where it was all underground, you know, illegal and all sorts of corruption and criminality and all that. So if it's going to, going to happen, you know, doing it in a legalized way, I think is the way to go. But yeah, but it certainly it just doesn't need to be thrown in people's faces the way it is at the moment. No, there needs to be a bit of balance. Which is what, you know, this is the start of. Yeah, as I said, I just don't think it's, you know, anything, you try and ban anything, it just, the opposite effect It'll still happened. be there. It'll still occur. You know, as the American authorities found out in the 1920s. Just about to say the very same example with prohibition. Prohibition. Yeah, that worked really well, didn't it? 
Yes, but no, it's a good it's a good step. I just particularly young people. We mentioned last week, our kids or my kids never not seen gambling ads when sports During on. Sport, yeah. Yeah. So look, I, hats off to the government authority, whoever it was that made this decision. But it's one for common sense, and I just think you know, and, and at least the gambling is in the public domain, discussion wise. Yes. You know, as I said, there needs to be balance. I don't think, you know, being a wowser, banning it and all that, this needs to be a middle ground. I agree, yeah. And hopefully that can be sought because, like any addiction, the, you know, the effects of it. The consequences. It's not just the, is it? It's not just the person who no, gambles it affects. You know, families, loved ones, children, problem all, gamblers. All victims, sadly. Yeah, and I read today, not surprisingly, is it nine out of ten uh, gamblers are, are male. Well, there's not a shock either. No. You know, which is why it goes hand in hand with the sports. Yeah, well, the what lots of males love sport, having a bet on it. It all goes, it all goes hand in hand, and the betting companies look, they are very smart. Absolutely, they know their market, mm. they know what works. They know where the dollars are for themselves. Yeah, look, and who who was it you mentioned has withdrawn Neds and Ladbroke, which not are withdrawn sponsorship, but withdrawn. Agencies in Australia, owned by the same English company, I found out, but Ned's and Ladbrokes operate under different labels. They've withdrawn all sponsorship of uh, football, t- of jersey sponsorship. Yeah, on the front of jerseys. Across all sports, from where yeah. I read it. So not just rugby league and AFL, but across all jerseys. They're not, um, they're not participating in that aspect of sponsorship. Yeah, which means that they're, that, you know, they're not putting their head in the sand. That's right. They're, you know, they're, read, quite, they're reading the room. They're reading the room, being proactive, and I, I like that. You know, as much as I don't gamble and don't would encourage people to gamble, but I appreciate you know there's some ethics, which is very loosely, but I, you know they are reading the room, and listening to the feedback. Yeah, you know, and that will help, as I said, go towards that middle ground. Like I said a long way to go, but hey, at least it's been discussed, and at least things are, are starting. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. It's good. All right, Greg. That wraps up another week. I think. Thank you very much for for your time mate it's been a yeah been another good week in sport the world cup both world cups cricket nrl getting to the pointy end both of them the rugby league and cricket yep i'm really looking forward to watching those yeah and and as always there'll always be something in the background going on with nrl afl and you know also although the world cup's on the test series against west indies i think we're up against first isn't that far away either. Coming up very soon after the 220 World Cup. So, uh, plenty in the pipeline. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for another great chat, great week of sport. And we'll catch thanks, up Greg. again Enjoy next that. weekend. Next week. We'll see you then.